Welcome to another episode of the Sensational Kids Show. I have the immense pleasure today of having a chat to Debbie John. I met Debbie during lockdown and she's just amazing. She is a play consultant and the creator of Pause, Play, Connect, Parenting Flow. And currently she's also delivering um, some lunches called Too Busy Not to Play, which is a lunch and learn training session that she's giving to parents within their workplace. So she's working in the corporate play, um, sector, which is just amazing. Um, welcome, Debbie. Hi. <laughs> Thank you. It's ever so fun. Yeah. Thank you. That's exactly what I'm doing. I'm really impressed with the introduction. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, I've done a little bit of homework, but a little bit of homework. Um, so I was, I've got a few questions for you, if you don't mind. I thought we'd mm -hmm. just jump straight into it because obviously everyone can read your bio and they can see what you're about and we'll add all those links and things. But I was quite interested to ask you, how do you define play? Wow. I found a quote the other day saying, defining play is like having to define love you really you know right. the it's such a hard thing to define and if you'd asked me this 10 years ago yeah I would have said well it's a verb I play the violin yeah. I play football it's that's it and now it's become more of a kind of noun more of a big phenomenon this kind of thing that all these research, all these books I've had to read and enjoyed and, and all these people saying different things about play and the brain and, and all these wonderful things and playfulness. And so I've come to this place where I find it really hard to define play, but I kind of know what it's not. And how, okay. what it doesn't feel like is, I think the opposite to play is rigidity and feeling very yeah. low, very stuck. And the playfulness is like this free expression. It's something to do with creativity. It's something to do with um, with, with no big agenda, no fixed agenda, yeah. but within structure. Yeah. I love the image of a child in leaves, just throwing them up and just feeling them and enjoying being in that yeah. moment. Yeah. There's a sense of joy when we play, isn't there? So that, that feeling of joy and freedom, um, expressing yourself and learning yeah. and connection. So it's just incredible play, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I, I really think of the, the connection aspect, which I think is just, yeah, I, I love that part of, of play and playing. Um, and then I was going to ask you, tell me a bit more about play and using play as as you say, a mechanism for social impact. Mm. That sounds amazing. Tell me about that. Well, I believe that play can bring healing from trauma. And yeah. I also believe it can heal communities because to be in a playful state, we need to be calm and relaxed. If you look in nature, yeah. the cubs and things, they play when they're relaxed, not under threat. And imagine a society where we're not feeling completely under threat all the time, whether that's an email or something else. The stress of life can make us very heightened. Yeah. We lose our playfulness so, so easily as, as adults. And ultimately, because adults are generally looking after the children, 
that energy is being transferred. Therefore, our children aren't playing as much and feeling as at home and feeling as relaxed. So I do believe that if we can be a more playful society, that would echo into so many areas of our lives. We'd be thinking more clearly. We'd be more loving. There'd be more empathy towards each other. You know, connections would would grow. And this immense feeling of disconnect that I think we often feel right now would dissipate. So that's the kind of heart behind things. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think that's... um... It kind of really fits with how I tend to work with that just letting go and just being free and having fun. Um, And something I often say to parents is to play not for the sake of learning your alphabet or learning your shapes, but just to play. Um, And a lot of parents struggle with that. I don't know if you found that as well. They struggle to play. Yes. And I, I'm, I'm going back to this metaphor of when I learned the violin. It's like we have to learn how to play again. And as I learned the violin as a child, I had to learn how to, where to put my fingers, how to draw my bow, all those kinds of things. Like you're learning how to drive a car, where to do the gear stick. And then as the connections form in our brain as far as learning how to, then we can express our spirit, our soul, and, and we can then improvise or play with other people and not think about the technicalities of what we're doing, but we can express ourselves and be creative. And that's, we're not stuck then. We're not, you know, there's not that rigidity. And I think life is about being able to, to form create creations, you know, having creative children who can think outside the box and not conform. Otherwise, we won't have any new inventions yeah. and uh, we won't be able to solve world problems, you know? And just be peaceful, I think. Just, yes. Just being peaceful. So what's stopping parents from playing? Well, comparison, you know, is a, is a big thing. I think, I think we feel like we have to be clowns to be playful. I thought okay. that to be playful, I had to be high energy all the time. Okay, guys, let's play. It's time to play. Let's go out to play. Yeah, we talk, we, we separate play even in school that we play time. Yeah. And when I studied play and became a play therapist, it was about presence. It's about being along, coming alongside the child, right. creating an environment for them to explore, be curious, play, which is completely different. And it made me go, oh, really? I have to sit here? And, 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 and just absorb and, and, and hold this child and let them explore what I don't yeah, have to tell yeah. them the answer. Oh, okay. A complete shift. And, it, you know, I had to go on a long journey that cost me a lot of money. And I just hope that we can save parents that journey yeah. just by teaching a simple flow. This, this is where the pause, play, connect flow came about. I was a very busy, anxious mum, rushing from one thing to another, feeling like I had to facilitate play and get them to this activity. I can't and that imagine activity. you rushing. <laughs> I just always think Debbie's just so calm and chill and I need to just chill. Oh, no. So you've worked at it? I have worked at it. I have, yeah. And I still have to remind myself by drawing a pause sign on my hand just to remind me. <laughs> okay, lovely. And... 
Do you think it, we need to teach parents to play again? Do you think it, um, without their kids, do you think we need to play, just be playful in everyday life? Oh, I mean, absolutely. I think this is why companies are paying me to go into to corporations because they're realizing that we have become very fixed and rigid. Yeah. And if we want people to, to, to think of new ideas and stuff, if they're highly stressed, it's not conducive for productivity yeah. Yeah. for a start. Yeah. But yes, and play, you know, I have... I have these silly pens, for example. These are my silly bug pens. And I'm Amazing. on the Zoom call or I'm working. Why not have something that brings a smile to my face? Why why, yeah. why stop playing when you're an adult? Isn't there that lovely um, quote, you know, people don't grow old. Something about they, they don't grow old because they um, become adults. They grow old because they stop playing. What's that? quote yeah people probably something like that I think yeah it's, gonna, um, I have to find it now otherwise okay you, you find it now your... but I think that's um yeah it just fascinates me how parents are constrained for time and parents are so stressed in their workplace that when they come home as you were saying that's all they carry over and their play then becomes so stressful um, and really what you were saying just, um, stuck with me a minute ago, you said it's about being present and how many parents are playing, but they are on their phones or they are still on their laptops or they saying, oh, I just have to finish this report quickly while they aren't giving their full attention to their child. And I think that's, yeah, something we yes. all need to learn to just do better at and do more of. Um, yes, I, I totally yeah. agree. Pausing is to do with pausing to attune. So there's that thing called attunement, isn't that? Tuning into the child's needs, tuning into my needs. Oh, I'm feeling a little bit uncomfortable in my body right now. Just take that breath. Okay. Now, what does my child need right now? Oh, they're coming to me. They need my eye contact. They need a smile so they know it's okay to talk. And so it's tuning into the child what are their needs and if we haven't already settled ourselves then it's very hard to do that there's something called our autonomic nervous system which can get really triggered and I I had to work with a therapist and do some quantum energy coaching around this to really bring down and balance my autonomic nervous system get it down to baseline so that I wasn't constantly being triggered into fight flight and then yeah. freeze yeah. And I was saying to, to the corporation yesterday, I thought I was a calm parent, but I was actually in freeze. Yeah. And I was, yeah. I remember the thought, why am I calm right now? Someone's just fallen over or yeah. this has yeah. just happened. But I'm, I think I'm calm. But I wasn't, I, my shoulders were up. My breathing had stopped. Yeah. I was just disassociated. And yeah. then you suddenly come down to, oh my goodness, what's just happened? And then you go into <laughs> fight and fright panic. and you run around and you panic. Yeah, and yeah, then you yeah. suddenly are exhausted and get yeah. down to yeah. Um, So, yeah. And I think so many of the kids, certainly that I work with, just live in that permanent fight or flight. You know, like you were talking about the mm. trauma kids and the mm. kids have had considerable trauma and attachment difficulties. They just live in that permanent state of fight or flight. Yeah. And it's just it's so so hard for them right um it really is 
Yeah. And children with like PTSD, adults with PTSD as well. Absolutely. They're constantly in freeze, yeah. come into fight, flight. Oh, I don't like this. I'm going to have a drink or we'll take some medication so and go back into freeze. Yeah. And, yeah. and they never know what it feels like to be calm. And I yeah. didn't know what yeah. it feels like. Once I'd done the work and I was, my energy completely changed. Yeah. I'd be all like, Deb, what's happened to you? <laughs> and you're like, I don't know. It's all groovy. <laughs> I'm like, you should try it. You should try just a feeling. Yeah. Um, so I was going to ask you if we could talk to parents and talk about tips for them for being more playful. Mm-hmm. What are your f- top five tips mm-hmm. for working parents or, or parents who work in the home, outside of the home, single parents? Um, and also parents where it's a, um, a blended family. Mm-hmm. Um, just your top five tips. Top five tips. Okay. I'll do a couple of tips for pausing first yeah. to getting into that state. Okay. So counting to one is an expression that I've come across quite recently, which is lovely. Counting to one in refers to when the Buddhist monks come into their meditation room there's a ledge at the bottom of the door that they have to pause and step over into the meditation room and it just causes them to pause and instead of having to count to 10 count to five just count to one can sometimes make all the difference so that would be my first tip just okay and go just that one the second one So for parents who might struggle with panic attacks, I used to struggle with panic attacks. And my whole body would start to freeze up, which would then make me panic, which would then cause me to cry and and, and freeze completely. And when I had some psychoeducation, which just means learning about what's actually going on in my brain and my body, it really demystified panic attacks and help me okay. to have a why as to why I should maybe do some breath work. And when I learned about how oxygen dissipates cortisol, which is that stress hormone, I was like, ah, that's why I need to do some breathing. That's why I need to take a breath. You know, when everyone tell you take yeah. a breath, you're like, shut up. But when I learned about the science behind it, I was like, ah okay maybe that's that's right so during the day as I catch the pause sign on my hand and I remember to pause I just think take a note of where my breathing's at am I breathing really shallowly or can I just take a nice full breath and that shows me where I am in my autonomic nervous system that shows me kind of how stressed I am at that point and I just need to use a few tools some breath work to just calm the body down so I don't end up pinging out of control because I've hit my little um I'm my window of tolerance I I fall out my window of tolerance so yeah that's the second thing so the first is you know the whole count to one the second thing is monitor your breathing understand what's going on in your body because then that helps us to keep regulated so that we can respond to our child. Yeah. Third thing I would say is play to your strengths. I love it when parents think back to what they love to play and they do it as adults and they model play to their children in their way. 
Mm. It might be making models. They might still love Lego. They might love art. They might like dancing around the house, singing, coding. Yeah, coding is play on computers. It's creative. So um, going outdoors, gardening, whatever they love to do, if they're doing it a little bit more and their children see them in this state of play and exploration, tinkering, then their child's going to do the same. And a massive testament to that is, you know, having uh, like musical instruments around. One of my daughters went into acting and show work and stuff. I didn't send her to lots of um, classes of how to become an actor or how to be in the West End. She just saw mummy singing on stage and yeah. she came and she was my roadie and she saw me practicing and she saw me doing my thing. And it's just really important for, for parents to, to keep pursuing what they love to do because it trickles down. It doesn't mean they're going to have a mini me. I don't have a mini me. You can't make a mini me. No. Don't worry about, oh, yeah. you know, creating that. And on the other hand, I've been in auditions where parents have been like, smile, do this, do that. You know, you want to, and the, the child's crying doesn't, doesn't want to be there. Yeah. And yeah. that's sad, isn't it? Because yeah. yeah. they haven't tuned in to really know. It hasn't come from them. When you let a child grow at their pace, they then find what they love to do yeah. Yeah. in their time, don't they? Yeah. Rather than forcing them to play or yeah. to be a certain Absolutely. thing. And yeah. I think that's really important to remember as parents to, to just, just let them grow at their pace. Yeah. And that goes on to the fourth thing, I guess, letting them lead the way, which is Virginia Axline's one of her main things when it comes to non-directive play. Okay. Having periods of time during the day where you come alongside your child and just observe them playing, be with that child, be present and enter into their world rather than set out the playtime enter into their world and there's a wonderful resource and I'd be happy to share it if people want to get in touch about how to do sort of non-directive play which was a completely new world to me as a parent when I studied as a play therapist and learned about the power of 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 that kind of play yeah so it's almost like you're not you're not putting any demands on them you are asking them to show you to take that lead to and kind of showing that you want to learn from them. You want to be with them. Yes. Um, and what they name something is what it is. So if they say yeah. this is a magic wand and I have a pen, that's a magic wand it's to them. It's a magic them. wand, yeah. And that's yeah. okay. Yeah. It's just it's just wonderful. And the fifth one, I'd go for attachment play, my favourite type of play. Okay. The play that bonds main carer to child whether you're a single parent your foster parent right. attachment play is all about playing to to bring connection between the two parties and it's just it it absolutely transforms behavioral and emotional um, challenges that we come across when that child feels seen and safe and heard you know it can be as small as a, a funny a face expressions rowing the boat you know how you do that with little children yeah they're yeah. feeling that connection with you they've got the eye yeah. contact going yeah. rocking hand games hand clapping yeah. games yeah there's yeah. so many even throwing a ball to them yeah. and rolling it back this kind of serve and return attachment play is the most wonderful thing yeah yeah one of the things I um I started doing over lockdown actually was getting 
parents into swings as well. So then they would have, we'd have a child opposite their parent in a swing and they'd be competing or just doing tug of war or just playing together. Um, Yeah. And that was, that's quite nice to see as well. Um, You know, just that playful. And so many parents will go, oh my gosh, I can't remember the last time I was on a swing, you know, or I've got a dad who comes every second Saturday and he just comes into the room and gets into the ball pit. He's like, I'm sitting here now and you guys just carry on. And every now and again, his daughter and I will just hear this little voice peeping up to say something. And it's like, yeah, he's, you know, he's obviously happy. Yeah, about that swing, um, the swinging thing, uh, you know, I must, we've got to mention this on your podcast, the power of swings, because I remember coming to you, we were in a, on a, a call together and we were on a panel I remember talking to you about my own child. My eldest became very sensitive to noise um, during lockdown. Had yeah. never, ever experienced anything before, but suddenly finding things too noisy. And you recommended the swing and yeah. a yoga swing. And sure enough, we bought a yoga swing and she started swinging on it. And literally in the few days, she was back to her usual loving of, of sounds again yeah can can you explain to to listeners while we're here like the power of that and why the swinging motion and the movement again helped yeah. her, her auditory yeah. system yeah. so we have it's it's what's called our vestibular sense which is seventh sense or sixth sense however you want to see it and that's all about our movement it's all about our balance um and your vestibular um, apparatus or centers located in your inner ear. And what happens is when you are um, moving, you've got these tiny little hairs in your inner ear and you've got fluids. So yeah. when you are moving really calmly and slowly, if you can almost imagine the the fluids just flowing over the hair and it sends a message to the brain that everything is fine and calm and we can just relax. When you start doing kind of stop-start movements or jerky movements, the message there is that, oh, we need to be on high alert, something's changing. Mm. And quite often movement is just so regulating, particularly mm. the linear. Rhythmic. Um, oh, yeah. Rhythmic. Rhythmic linear backwards and forwards side to side movement um and and particularly combined with the proprioception which is that body awareness so of of your daughter moving the swing herself so not so much being pushed but she's moving it right she's using the rest of her body which is giving her that sense of being grounded and that Mm. sense of calm and and just brings her down Um, yeah, so that's movement is just phenomenal, as you've seen. Oh, um, amazing. Yeah. Do you go on the swing, well. Debbie? I do. And Good. she always uses it every single day, and her friends yeah. come around and love it. It's We're very lucky to be able to fit it in the home because other houses we've been in, we would not have been able to fit one. Yeah. But, um, and trampolines, I remember you know, yes. small trampolines, getting children to bounce, to get the energy out. And now yeah. working as a play therapist. And again, it comes back to getting that kind of that feedback yes. that you get to your joints. But also, I don't think you can bounce on a trampoline and not smile. No. <laughs> I've, I've, I've re- I don't think I've ever seen a child or an adult on a trampoline 
miserable and unhappy because it just, you can't help but just feel happy and get those endorphins going and just smiling and just kind of remembering, you know, just that joy. Yeah. Um, I love that. Yeah. I really yeah. love that. Thank you so much for, for no, explaining that's, it to the listeners. It goes on quite nicely to our little game of would you rather. Oh, okay. okay. So like would you rather lose your vision or your hearing? Hearing. Okay. Would you rather lose your hearing or your sense of touch? Ooh. Sense of touch. Okay. But right. I would end up with very burnt fingers and probably no fingers after a while. Yeah. But that would be tricky. Very it tricky. would be tricky. Yeah. So we'll, um, oh, okay. we need to explore the um, importance of touch because mm. I always think about it and I, yeah, for me, my sense of touch is I wouldn't be able to get dressed. I wouldn't be able to do buttons. I wouldn't be able to do my hair. I wouldn't be able to okay. do any fine motor. Can you think, can you see where I'm going? But also but, but with touch. You could still, yeah, but you can still grasp things. You just wouldn't be able to feel them, right? You can grasp it, but how are you going to know how to accurately, like think about it, think about yeah, you can do when your, so easily, your leg's gone to sleep, right? Or that, just that sensation. <laughs> and like feeling, like I just think of feeling yeah. my daughter's or your, your son, my son, your daughter's face. And it's yeah. kind of. Oh, gosh. But, and and so you'd feel very that, isolated, wouldn't you? Yeah. But I think so. Oh, yeah. Because I think like think taste and that. smell, yeah, I can kind of go without those. Mm -hmm. But if you think of those real functional ones, I think we overlook touch. Mm. And that's probably very a whole other episode for the importance of play. So when you think of kids who are tactile defensive and how that limits their play absolutely, and, um, you know, how that limits their ability to connect and accept a hug. Mm, so, massive. yeah. Especially if we're made for connection and we're social creatures. Exactly, exactly. And that's, that's um, yeah. So yes. I'm, I just love the sense of touch. But um, <laughs> yeah, I think I want to change my answer now. Thank you. <laughs> no. It's too late. It's fixed. You can't, you can never go back now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Brilliant. I love it. Um, yeah. So thank you for that chat. It was, it was lovely. I feel really calm now. Oh, I feel really relaxed and I think it's great. just your, your voice and I've paused and um, I love the little sign on your hand. Um, oh, it's been yeah. a really lovely to chat to you. Thank you so much. Yeah, and, it's um, been... Thank you for what you've brought to me. I, I, I always learn from so everybody I work with and you really have impacted me with the, uh, you know, knowledge of, of the sensory field mm. and as an occupational therapist, it's an absolute privilege to spend time with you. So thank you very oh, much. No, thank you. Because I think yeah. it's, yeah, I, I do. Because having listened to you and having done, you know, some of those panels with you, I have started to just stop and play. And sometimes, as you were saying, with, you know, the trauma and attachment, all that child wants is to just sit and play side by side. Uh -huh. No demands. And, and that's so important. Um, yeah. So thank you. That. No problem. That's great. <laughs> 
So Debbie, if people wanted to read more or learn more about what you do or get in touch, where can they do that? Okay, the best place for people to find me is playhealing.com. So you've got lots of links there. And Instagram is at playhealingofficial or on LinkedIn. So yeah, I'm always there to with for any questions or interest in my training. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Thank you. No, no, thank you. This was um this was great. Bye. Bye.